Good morning. Hey, that's much better than 8 o'clock. Let's see if we can do better. Good morning. All right. If you have come this morning expecting to hear a young, dynamic pastor who may dance around on the stage and yell and scream at you, you have come to the right place. Unfortunately, you've come on the wrong week. Um, Pastor Davin is out this week. He uh, is with his family down in Florida, and so uh, he's enjoying his uh, vacation there. Um, And so if you don't know who I am, my name is Matt Wright, and I'm the student pastor here. I have been for a little over a year, and um, me and my family are are loving it here. This is a great, great church, and I want to thank you all for welcoming us and making us feel at home here, and um, we, we just love it here, and so thank you for that. So this morning, I've titled the sermon, How Much Does God Love You? And so we want to look uh, at the scriptures and see what it has to say about God and his love for us. But before we do that, I want to answer it the way that my four-year-old or my seven-year-old may answer it. How much does God love you? He loves you this much. Anybody with me? Yep, you've got kids, you've got grandkids, you've seen it before. How much they love you? They love you this much, and, and they will say that. And the truth is, they're exactly right. In fact, their arms aren't nearly big enough, my arms aren't big enough, nobody in here's arms are big enough to describe how much God loves us. But it's an important, important thing that we need to make sure that we understand. I know it's easy to say God loves us, But we have to comprehend how much this love is because his love affects our actions, or at least it should. And so how do we know how much God loves us? Well, we kind of start to process that on the human terms. And so we think about the people we love and the relationships that we have in our life. And so the easiest one to start with is your spouse. If you love your spouse, you want to spend time with them. If you don't love your spouse, you try to get away from them. But hopefully, if you're here this morning, you do love your spouse, and you do like to spend time with them. And so, the desire of your heart, out of love, is to spend time with your spouse. Your kids are the same way. You have have kids hoping that you'll get to spend some time with them. We as dads, a lot of times, get pulled away to work and other things, but my heart's desire is to spend time with my kids because I love them. And if you love somebody, you want to be with them. I know I have some deep uh, friends that live out in Texas that I don't get to spend a whole lot of time with. Um, Thanks to technology, we can FaceTime and Skype and talk uh, pretty much as much as we want to. But when it comes to friends, deep friends that you love dearly, you want to be with them. And so in a couple of weeks, we're going to go on a family vacation. We're going to get to spend some time with them. Because when you love somebody, you want to spend time with them. Well, God's no different. God loves us. God loves us so much that he wants to spend time with us. And he wants you to spend time with him. And sometimes we don't think about God and spending time with him the same way as we think about with people. We think about, okay, well, I need to go into my closet and open the word and spend times in prayer um, to spend time with him. And yes, absolutely, that's spending time with him. But we don't think about, oh, I'm going to go down to Starbucks and have a cup of coffee and spend some time with God. But the truth is, as believers, when we go to Starbucks and we have a cup of coffee, he's there with us because he loves us so much, 
He wants to be with us, and he's always there. We don't think about after a hard day at work, sitting down, relaxing in front of the TV and spending time with God. That's not quite how we think about it, but God's there. He loves you. He wants to be with you. And so whether you're on your cell phone, watching TV, on the computer, whatever you're doing, he is spending time with you. He wants to be with you. He loves you. I know we just got back from the lake, and I know when we loaded up the car and started driving down there, I wasn't thinking, we're going to go down here, and we're going to have so much fun. We're going to get on the water, spend time with family, and hang out with God. That wasn't necessarily my thought process, but I was, as I was there with my family and my extended family, God was there as well. And so, in a way, we are spending time with God definitely God is spending time with us because he loves you. So everywhere you go, everything you do, he is spending time with you because he loves you. And so if you're taking notes today, we're going to have three points. So point number one is this. God has always been with us. He loves us so much. He has always been with us. Even from the very beginning in the creation, He created Adam and Eve, and what does the Bible say? It says he walked with them in the garden. He walked with them in the garden. That's spending time. From the very beginning, he's spending time with people because he loved us. Isaiah 41, 10, God is talking through his prophet Isaiah, and he says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So here we are in the Old Testament times. God speaking through his prophet Isaiah. Right there at the beginning, it said, do not fear. Why? Because I am with you. He desires to be with us. He is with us. He wouldn't have created us if he didn't want to be with us. And this isn't going to change all the way in the future. Let's jump to Revelation 21.3. And this is, again, John writing um, through his vision that God gave him in Revelation, it says, and I hear a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and their God. That's his desire. This end times, when we finally get where God wants it to be, where man didn't mess it up, he will dwell with them. He'll dwell with us. And that's his desire. That's his love. And so God has always been with us because he loves us more than we can comprehend. Number two, God loves us so much that he created this amazing world for us. Every bit of it for us. Let me explain it like this. I can think back to about three Christmases ago when Connor, my seven-year-old, got his first bicycle. And here's how the night went. Christmas Eve is here. We go to our, Sunday, our Christmas Eve service. We go get a bite to eat, and we go home, and we get the kids in bed as quickly as possible. And then it's time to put the presents together. And so I got the bicycle box, and I pull it out, and I start assembling it. And I don't know about you, but um, I really enjoy woodworking. But assembling a bike, I could take it or leave it. I mean, it's just a few bolts, handlebars, whatever. So that's not really an idea of my fun on Christmas Eve. But that's okay. That's part of why we do it. And so I get it out of the box, and I take that tire, and I put it on, and I tighten it on there. And 
I'm not thinking, man, I love tightening bolts. No, I'm thinking, man, Connor's going to love this tomorrow morning. And so I tighten that up and I get the handlebars and I set them on. I tighten those up and I go, I can't wait for tomorrow morning. When he opens this, he's going to love it. I'm so excited as a parent that my kids are going to love it. And so you take the seat and you put it on there and you tighten it down. And I can't wait for the opportunity for us to go out and ride this. And you put the training wheels on knowing that that's what he needs. And you get ready for tomorrow morning when the kids wake up and Connor comes in and he sees this bicycle. He's going to yell and scream and be excited. And then we're going to go ride it. That's why I put a bike together. I don't put a bike together because it's fun. I put a bike together because it's fun for my kids. So let's think about God. Back in Genesis chapter 1, as he's creating, he starts out on day one, and he creates light and darkness, and he separates the day and the night. And he does this because we're coming. The humans are coming, and we're going to need it. We're going to need the day, and we're going to need the night for rest. He doesn't create it because it was fun. He creates it because humans are coming. Man's coming. And he knows we need it. Day two comes along. And on day two, he creates the water. Like I said, we were just at the lake. And you think about the water and how much fun. And God's thinking, they're going to love this. They're going to go fishing. They're going to play in the water and swim and splash on their face, take a cold sip. And he creates the sky. And he thinks about us and how we'll sit back and daydream and look at the clouds and enjoy his creation. Day three comes around. He creates land, he creates vegetation. He's thinking about they'll love this, the trees and the beauty of all that are created and the flowers and they'll smell them. And I can't wait for the people to get here. It's three more days and they'll be here. He's not creating it for himself. He's creating it for us because he loves us more than we can comprehend. He's creating every bit of it for us. And day four gets here and it's the sun and the moon and the stars. And he goes, they'll look up in this and they'll see my majesty and my glory. And they'll look to the heavens and wonder, who is this creator that loves me so much that he created this beautiful universe for me? And he created it for us, knowing that we would sit in the sun and take in his glory as we bask in the heat. And day five comes and he's going, there's one day left. One day left before my children get here. And on day five, he creates the fish in the sea. And he knows that we'll enjoy that. My kids caught two big fish this week and they loved it. It was an exciting time. And in the beginning of time, he knew that that would happen. And he knew that we would enjoy it. There's fishermen in the room that go out all the time and love the fish and the birds and how many they are and how beautiful they are. And he's creating it all going, and they're gonna love this. And tomorrow... They'll be here. My kids will be here. I can't wait. And then day six comes, and he starts with an opening act. <laughs> what an opening act this is. The animals? Are you kidding me? Lions and tigers and bears? Oh, my. And elephants and anteaters and bugs and cats and dogs and all the stuff that is his opening act because today... His children are going to get here and they're going to love the animals. And they're going to love their pets. And then it's time. 
It's time for the children to get here. And he creates them out of the dust and he blows life into them so that they can experience the beauty of the world that was created for them. There's no point in creating the world if he wasn't going to create man. Water, dirt, sun, moon, stars didn't mean anything to him. He did it for you. He did it for you so that you would know who your creator is and how much he loves you. Next, God loves us so much, he created us even though he knew we would betray him. You know, in the beginning of time, it wasn't like God was sitting up there crossing his fingers, hoping that people wouldn't mess us up. He wasn't wishing on a star that man wouldn't sin. No, he knew from the very beginning of time that we would betray him. You see, he didn't need us. In the beginning, he existed in perfect unity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in perfect relationship with each other. He didn't need man. But he loved us before he even created us. And he wanted a relationship with us. Continuing in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us, again, that's the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, Holy Spirit, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So like I said, there's three of them, perfect relationship. And so his image doesn't have anything to do with legs and arms and eyes and nose and a mouth. It has to do with the relational aspect of who God is. They're living in perfect relationship. And so he created us to be relational people. That's why we desire to get married. That's why we desire to have friendships. That's why we desire a relationship with God. Because he created us in his image to be relational And so he created us to have relationship with us, even though we would betray him. He created us each uniquely to use our gifts to have that relationship with him and serve him and to do amazing things in this world, knowing that some of us wouldn't. Some of us would waste our gifts. Some of us would waste our talents. But some of us would love him back. And some of us would have that relationship with us. And that was what he desired, to have the relationship, even though we would betray him. Next, God loved us so much, he willingly died on the cross for us. He loved us so much, he willingly died on the cross for us. Um, I think sometimes it's easy for us to think that, well, it's God, it's different. I mean, he it was easier for him to do it than it would be for us, but, but it wasn't. He's still God. I mean, we have Jesus praying in the garden to his father in agony as he's sweating blood in knowing what's about to happen to him. And he says in Luke twenty two forty two, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but your will be done. 
and he's in agony. It's tough for a father to send his son. The other day, we're riding in the car, and Connor says, Daddy, do you know how much I love God? And I was excited. I mean, who doesn't want to hear their kids say how much they love God? And so I responded, absolutely, Connor, how much do you love God? And he goes, I love God so much, I'll die for him. Oh, thank you for saying amen, but that's my son. (laughs) And I think that we as Christians hope that one day if we're asked to stand up and be martyred for the cause, that we will do it, that we'll stand up and proclaim Christ and be martyred for the cause. But I don't want that for my son. And you don't either. The thought of sending my son to die for the cause of Christ or for anything is not a thought I want to have. But that's how much God loves you. He loves you so much that he not only had the thought, my son could be a martyr, my son could die, he created you knowing his son would have to die. So let me ask you this. Why does it matter how much God loves us? Here's why it matters. Here's why we need to talk about it. We forget these things. We forget how much God loves us. That's evident in our actions. We don't use our gifts to follow God. Instead, we choose other stuff. We forget that God loves us and he has the best plan for us. And so we don't follow him. We follow ourselves. In fact, that was the root of the very first sin that happened. Adam and Eve, the serpent came to them and he said, did God really tell you you can't eat from the, the fruit from the tree? Well, yeah, that's the rule that he told us. And the serpent deceived them and said, but you'll gain knowledge. And though Adam and Eve had to start thinking, does God really love me that much? Does he really have the best plan for me? And they start to think, maybe I know better. Maybe I love myself more. And they went and took the bite. It's the root of a lot of our sin too, right? We live our lives and we've read the book. We've read God's word, his plan, his perfect plan. That's the way we should live best. And we know God loves us, but instead we think, I've got a better idea. I love myself more. I'll do it my way. And we ignore the one that loves us so much that he created everything for us. And that he created us knowing we would betray him. And he sent his son to die on the cross. We ignore him. We go through tough times. I know in my life, went through a a difficult season and in that time I can remember driving the car Yelling at God, do you really love me? Do you really care? I've tried to do what's right. Why are you letting this happen to me? And we forget that he created us because he loved us. And these things are happening to us not because of his desire, but even though they're happening to us, he still loves us. We all go through difficult times. 
you've gone through difficult times and you've questioned God. Sometimes we get persecuted. It may be for doing what's right. It may be for just the situation we find ourselves in. It may be because you're ugly. But we get persecuted and we go, does anybody care? God, do you care? And we forget how much he loves us. The worst of all is we let this world, the people that don't love us like God loves us, define who we are. You may go in and your boss tells you that you haven't been performing well enough and he fires you. And you walk out and you feel worthless and defeated because of what a man has told you. Forgetting that you're not defined by them. You're defined by God. Your spouse may have walked out on you and you think, does anybody love me? Does anybody love me? Yes. Your creator loves you more than we can possibly imagine. You're going through a difficult time and you're looking around and going, where's my friends? When things were good, I had lots of friends, but now they've deserted me. Is anybody with me? Does anybody care what's going on in my life? And we start to believe that we're worthless and unlovable and alone. And we forget that our Creator loves us so much that He created everything in this world for you. And we forget that our Creator created us even though he knew we would betray him. And we forget that our creator created us even though he knew he would have to send his son to die on the cross for our sins. And we need to understand that no matter what we've gone through, he still loves us as our creator. Let me explain it to you like this. Can you see that? It's a $100 bill. This $100 bill is worth $100. I could take this out this afternoon, buy a new outfit, take my family out to dinner, who knows, pay my car, pay it on my car. Whatever you want to do with $100, it's worth $100. It's not worth $100 because of the paper, because of the ink, because that's probably just a few pennies, right? It's worth $100 because of its creator. Its creators are Treasury Department, and they print this up, and they say that it's worth $100. They stand behind it, and so therefore we can go out, and it is worth $100 in the marketplace. Now, it doesn't matter what this bill really looks like. If we wad it up and play, I don't know, kick the $100 bill with it or something, it's still worth $100. Does anybody want it still? Are you sure? I mean, I wadded it up. Well, Of course you want it, because all you got to do, open it up and go take your family out to lunch this afternoon, right? Now, what about like sometimes kids will have money in their pockets and it gets washed? You know what I'm talking about? And then it it comes out. Don't drop that. It's $100. (laughs) It comes out and it's all wadded up and wet and it's kind of glued together. And so you take it. And you very carefully open it up and, you know, maybe straighten it out a little bit and let it dry. It's still worth $100. Why? 
because its creator, our treasury department, stands behind it and says it's worth $100. Now, you could take it and you could rip it in half. (laughs) Sharon, (laughs) do you want this $100 bill? But it's ripped. That's right. She knows, just like I do, that after the service, I'm going to tape this thing back up. (laughs) And it's still worth $100. You've been through difficult times. You've been wadded up. You've been beaten. You've been told you're worthless. But that doesn't define you. I went through a difficult time. That doesn't define me. You have sin in your life. That doesn't define you. Your creator defines you. And your creator loves you. Your creator wants a relationship with you. The world may say you're worthless. Your creator says you're worth everything. The world may say that you're unlovable. But God says, I create you and I love you, even though you sin. How much does God love you? This much. And don't forget it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you that you created us in spite of our faults, in spite of our sins, that you created this wonderful, beautiful world so that we could see your glory, we could see your majesty, and we could know your love. I pray as we go out and that we live our lives, we would always remember that you, as our creator, give us value and worth and love beyond anything that we can imagine. And that we would live our lives for you and our actions would reflect your love for us. It's in your son's name we pray.